Am I a little loud? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Start off with a nugget. Bitterness. Bitterness is a luxury. Bitterness is a luxury you cannot afford. And we may be looking into that this evening. Okay, I'm going to read from Miracles in American History, what prayer has done, so bear with me. I guess I better put my glasses on so, you, so I can read. Where to put my glasses on? <laughs> Okay. Dense fog appears, allowing 8,000 troops to escape. With, the boss, with Boston free from British occupation, New York was the next target. Washington's ranks swelled to 20,000 men as he fortified Brooklyn Heights. Citizens in New York pulled down the statue of King George, and classes were suspended at the King's College, which was later renamed Columbia University. Anxi anxiety mounted, though, uh, as a, a British assembled a large invasion force in la the largest invasion force in world history at that date, 32,000 troops on over 400 ships. The thousands of wooden masks in New York Harbor looked like a force, uh, force of trees. Washington wrote to his younger brother, on May 31st, 1776, I expect a very bloody summer of it at New York. We are not either in men or arms prepared for it. If our cause is just, as I do most religiously believe it to be, the same province which has in many instances appeared for us will still go ahead and afford our aid. George Washington order. May 15th, 1776, the Continental Congress, having ordered Friday the 17th instant, uh, instant to be observed as a day of, day of fasting and prayer, humiliation and prayer, to humbly uh, supplicate the mercy of Almighty God that it would please Him to pardon us for all our manifold sins and transgressions and to prosper the arms of the United Colonies, and finally establish peace and freedom of America upon this solid and lasting foundation. The general uh, commands all the officers and soldiers to pay strict obedience to the orders of the Continental Congress that, by the unfrained and pious observance of their religious duties, they may incline the Lord, the giver of victory, to prosper our arms. Then on July 9, 1776, Washington's men were encouraged when the message from Philadelphia brought a copy of the recent past Declaration of Independence. Washington had read it out loud to his troops. It acknowledged God in four, uh, God four times. Our law, laws of nature and the, law, uh, and the nature of God, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights appealing to the Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, firm reliance and protection of divine providence. 
Washington expected the British to attack from the sea as they did at the Battle of Bunker Hill. Instead, 10,000 British troops landed a distance from New York, and a British loyalist led them through a Jamaica Pass, marching all night along to make a surprise attack on the Continental Army from behind on, on August 27, 1776. An estimated 3,000 Americans were killed or wounded compared to only 392 uh, British casualties. The Battle of Brooklyn Heights was the first major battle after America had declared its independence, and it was the largest battle of the entire war. As General Washington watched 400 brave soldiers of the 1st Maryland Regiment charge six times to their deaths directly into the British lines, allowing the rest of the Continental Army to find cover. He explained, Good God, what brave fellows I have lost this day. British General Howell trapped the American troops on Brooklyn Heights with their backs against the sea. That night, Washington made a desperate decision to evacuate his entire army by ferrying it across the East River to Manhattan Island. The sea was boisterous where the British ships were, but provincial calm in the East River allowing Washington's boats to transport troops, horses, and cannons. As the sun began to rise, half the American troops were still in danger, but a miraculously thick fog lingered, blocking the evacuation uh, from being seen by the British. Major Ben Talmag, Washington's chief of intelligence, wrote, As the dawn of the next day approached, those of us who were remained in the trenches became very anxious for our own safety. And when the dawn appeared, there were several reg regiments still on duty. At this time, a very dense fog began to rise off the river, and it seemed to settle in a peculiar manner over both encampments. I re recollect this peculiar pro provincial occurrence perfectly well, and so, and so very dense was the atmosphere that I could hardly, scarcely discern a man at six yards distance. We tarried until the sun had risen, but the fog remained as, a, as dense as ever. General Washington, on his last boat, that left uh, Brooklyn Heights, the British never again had such an opportunity to capture the entire American army at one time. Had the Americans had not been able to evacuate, they would have been captured and Washington would have been hung. America would have continued just as another uh, colony in the British expanding globe empire, along with India, Kenya, Egypt, South Africa, and Australia. General Washington wrote August 20, 1778, ongoing and strangest vicissitude that perhaps ever attended to any one contest since the creation. The hand of province has been so conspicuous in all this, the course of war, that we must be worse than the infidels that lack faith. But it will be at this time enough for me to return as a uh, turn as Turn preacher when my present appointment ceases. Samuel Adams addressed the Continental Congress August 1st, 1776. There are instances, I would say, almost astonishing province in our favor. Our success ha has staggered our enemies and almost given faith to the infidels. So we may truly say it is not our own arm which has saved us. The hand of heaven appears to have led us on to be perhaps humble instruments and means in a great provincial dispensation which is completing.
So that's quite interesting. We lost 3,000, over 3,000 men, and the British only lost almost 400. And they had us down, and we escaped. That means they had to row by all these British ships in the, in the harbor. That was something else. Okay, uh, the next one will be, In their lowest estate, Washington, inspired by heaven, leads to victory. So that's a quite interesting one in itself. All right. We said the, the nugget was bitterness is a luxury you cannot, uh, you can't afford. Okay. Um, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word that our eyes of our understanding may be open, Father God. Father God, that we may glean this evening, Father God, that which uh, you're wanting us to uh, encapture, Father God, in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Life as it is is fast-paced. It's a blur. And it's riddled with offenses. No matter how good you are, or as, or, or as, as long as you live, there will be offenses that come your way. Everybody shouted amen on that one, right? Um, though offenses do happen, how we handle them influences the end result. So, you know, offense comes, how you handle it, uh, you can change the offense somehow, some way. No matter how good you are, offenses will come your way. Uh, this is not an offensive, offense, offensive free world. I mean, there's offenses that come. So, so what is an offense? It's anything or any act that brings annoyance, displeasure, or resentment. It's a lack of politeness, a failure to show regard for others, uh, the wounding of the feelings of others. Um, it's the state of being insulted morally outrageous. Okay, uh, if you'll turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13 at this point. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we'll look at offenses tonight. That's Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, looking at verses 54 through 58. And when he was come, this is speaking of Jesus, and when he was uh, come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogues insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is this not is not his mother called Mary and, and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence hath, he, hath this man all these things? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Or, so uh, Jesus did everything that he was going to do, and they became offended at him. I mean, when you're doing good, and all of a sudden people get offended at you, you know, I don't know about you, I, 
I'd tell him just to forget you and walk off. But uh, that's not what he did. You know. uh, he didn't do that. You know, curse you and die. You know, or as um, some of the cur- you know, some of the curses. When, when, when the, in the Old Testament, when they made, we made vows to one another, and they said, if you break this vow, may a thousand fleas jump into your armpits and stuff. I mean, they did, they did some crazy stuff. They, they, they put a curse on I mean, if you break something, they put a curse on you. So that you, you know, I mean, just thinking about it, a thousand fleas jumping into your armpit, I mean, <laughs> that would take place. It's, you'd be offended at that. You know, but they said, if you do these things, I'm believing this curse is going to come upon you, and you're going to, and I would be offended. What, what do you mean? I'm not going to do those things, but you know. But that's the type of uh, uh, theories they had, you know, when somebody broke a vow. So when you ask somebody, promise me to do this, you'll say, no, I hope a thousand. <laughs> So watch what you say when you promise somebody because they might say behind your back, if you don't do this, you broke your promise and I believe that this curse is going to come upon you. Or maybe have a thousand uh, fleas in your armpit and warts on your nose. <laughs> so yeah, we can be insulted, okay? We become offended oftentimes. Um, let's get, on, get it someplace else. Let's go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17 this time. Look what Jesus says. Luke 17, verses 1 and 2. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It would be better for him that that a millstone were hanged about his neck and cast into the sea, that he should offend one of these little ones. So, Offenses do come. He says offenses do come. So we have to find out how to deal with offenses in our lives. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go to, I know we, we bounce around. I like to bounce around. See to what the scripture says. Go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And towards the end there, in Psalms 119, you go to verse 165. That's Psalms 119. 119, verse 165. Look at verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If you're loving the word, nothing shall offend you. Oh, boy. Uh, Shows you at least one or two of us. I'll put myself in that boat that uh, I become offended. That means I, I don't have the word in me that strong where I'm not going to be offended. Like I said, you know, somebody take my, you know, I'm waiting for a parking space, you know, you, you got to make a, a left turn into it and somebody's coming down and they just turn right in because it's the right turn for them. What's wrong with you? I've been waiting. <laughs> None of you have ever had that. (laughs) Just the other night, 
pull up you know, to the signal light. And left turn, I'm making a left turn. And there's five cars ahead of me. Turn light turns green. I'm waiting. And wait. The guy doesn't move. First position does not move. I'm steaming. I said, everybody else, just as it turned yellow, he moves out. And the rest of us are sitting there. I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> None of you ever felt that way, right? I'm glad you can laugh at it. But uh, it shows you that offenses do come. And we have to learn to, uh, well, live with them, but know what to do with them. I should have prayed, Lord bless that guy that his eyesight's get better. <laughs> or he'd wake up at the signal light or something, you know. Uh, but I didn't. I murmured and complained, and that put me back in the, back in the wilderness with the rest of them. <laughs> so we, see, we have to be... It says that if we're in the Word, nothing will offend us. So I think with that, with that uh, statement there, I have to be more in the Word so I don't get offended. I don't know about you, but that's where I'm at. Okay, against offense means an insult, to be displeased, be affronted, uh, uh, resentful. And, and the Greek word for offense means to, to open up an opening. It means to open up an opening. So in offense, it's going to open you up to greater, or you could say, spiritual aspects or, or our mental thoughts. It, it opens us up and we can't, um, we need to guard ourselves from offenses, okay? Now there are four areas that you can be offended with. You can be offended by the guy that didn't pull out of the parking space or the signal light, that's, that's one. First offense is with people. You're offended by people. Should I ask for volunteers to tell me what, who was offended this week? <laughs> Nobody. And they're all thinking up there, yeah, thank you, Lord, and nothing happened to me. <laughs> okay. Second thing that we can be offended by, by circumstances. Oh, man, they should have did this, or they should have did that. That's the circumstance. So it's where you become offended with people or circumstances. Then, have you ever became offended at yourself? I mean, I'm walking in the dark at the, in the house, and I know where the furniture's at, and I kick something. I became, why didn't I turn on the light? I become offended at myself. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's bad if you get, become offended at yourself and don't let it go. You know, if you become offended at yourself and you, and you you have a, an honor streak, uh, uh, you don't beat yourself up, you know. So become offended at our people, circumstances, at our, and ourselves. And the fourth one, a lot of people become offended with God. Why, God, why are, why are they getting blessed and I'm not? I've been a Christian as long as they have. They're, they've got that, and I've been believing for that, and they got it. What's wrong with you, God? I pray, I pray, and I pray, and I believe, and I believe. And I didn't get it. What did it show you right there? I murmured and complained. 
against God. Am I going to get anything that way? Or are we going to, so, you know, we, gotta, we have to understand where these offenses come, how they come, and we need to knock them in the head or remove them. The enemy will control us when you hold an offense. He, 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 it's like, um, he says, here's the jail. You got the jail, and here's the lock and key. And you don't forgive. So you just locked yourself in the jail. That offense has got you uh, in a bad position. Every offense not properly handled will give room for the enemy and many times open the door to every other evil work. So we have to watch ourselves. Uh, okay. Uh, example, going back to that, that signal light. Um, not only a why didn't you get it? I could have started moving from, from just complaining to, to swearing. I mean, that, that, that move, it, move it from one offense to the next offense, that got even deeper if I would have did that. Now, I, I was never that much of a swearer but because... I did swear in front of my parents, my mom one time with her friend. They caught me. They got a toothbrush. And I tasted soap. Bad. After that, no more swearing. So, if it did, it slipped out, but been that. <laughs> I put out a blue streak when I was in front of him, and that was that. None of you ever, I'm surprised. I, I'm glad I've got a saintly house here tonight. You're finding my past and all my guilt, and now you know why you have to pray for me. So I hope I'm at least at one, in the, at least number five or so five or above in your prayer list. Don't put me down further. I need you. Put me at least number fifth place, you know, maybe third. Because I know you, you pray for your mate and your all that type of stuff. So, we need to, I need to get back on what I'm doing here. Our ability to properly hand, handle offenses is a test of our spiritual growth and maturity. Boy, did I find out where I was. Huh. You guys have to really, you guys have to pray hard. I hope you're praying in tongues when you pray for me. Glory to God. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Oh, we've got to hurry. In 2 Timothy. Here, I think I'm going to get out early. I mean, I got another page and a half to go yet. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 25 and 26. That's 2 Timothy uh, 2 verses 25 and 26. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves oh my guys, oppose themselves if God persevere will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Look at that offense. We just, just pull us down. 
The enemy could capture us at his will when we get into offenses. So we need to capture our own senses or come to our senses and escape the shackles of offenses. Okay. Going back to the Old Testament, uh, the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 18. Look at verse 19. This is speaking to, speaking about believers. Proverbs 18, verse 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Wow. That's heavy. So, a strong city is fortified. Okay, what it's saying that if you have offenses, you fortify yourself in your own cocoon. And that means you, you're, not allow, you're not giving yourself the ability to be free any longer. You're locking yourselves up, you're shackling yourselves with the ball and chain, so to speak. You're fortifying yourself. Well, I'll get even, I'll, nobody's ever said that either, have they? I'll get even with you. None of you. I'm, I'm amazed. I must, have, I must have grew up in the wrong side of town or something. <laughs> so we have, to, we have to watch ourselves. Because when we do that, offenses come. And it's, it says once we are offended, it's hard to, hard to get rid of it. Because it hurts what? Me, 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 I, 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 I. It doesn't hurt the other person that said it. It, it, it hurt me. Hurt you. you know? So, since we are traveling in the Old Testament, let's go to, further into the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. In Isaiah, chapter 42. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, looking at verse 22 from the Amplified. But this is a people robbed and plundered. They are of all of them snared in the holes and hidden in the houses of bondage. They have become a prey with no one to deliver them. A spoil with no one to say, restore them. This shows the condition that will ensue, ensue as Israel's punishment for not recognizing the servant of the Lord and the day of his visitation among them. In other words, they are so offended that they're not going to do something. We have to break, break the bonds, get the keys. Amen. A person who has offended... Uh, it's, it is not the enemy that puts you into, into that position. It's you that puts yourself in that position. When you're offended, you build walls. No one else can deliver you. You and you alone have the key. 
Um, in the book of Genesis chapter 37, you don't have to turn there, but uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 37, uh, we, we see um, Jacob's uh, next to last son, Joseph. And Joseph's life shows us how not to be offended. Um, he just let it slide off his back like water off the duck's back, as they say. His brothers disliked him so much they wanted to kill him. And what, at the end of, at the end of the, their lives, or just before when they, he brought them all to Egypt, uh, they were fearful of him. He says, hey, I'm not offended. God put me in a position to save us all, so don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, they sold him in, in, to a caravan of traveling gypsies, if you want to call them, to get rid of him. Uh, Joseph could be offended and be hateful towards his brother and said, wait till I get out of this place, I'll get each and every one of you. Now, I don't know, I think all of us have had siblings. Anybody ever say, I'm going to get you? I'm good. So, you know that we offended our brothers and sisters, okay. Uh, when uh, Joseph was sold into Potiphar's house, uh, uh, the wife lied about Joseph, throw, had him thrown in prison. Guess what? When he became, you could say, second in command of uh, Egypt, he could have said, uh, would you bring Potiphar's wife here, please? I think there's a place in prison for her. I don't think she left her house after she found out he got, got, got there. But he didn't hold it again. He was not offended. By, I mean, he was offended. He, he ran, but, you know. Uh, and, then, and then when he got, was put in prison, uh, they put him in a deep prison. Uh, he, he got a job with the jailer and... and, and Got, got on top of things, and the king's uh, right-hand people came in, the cupbearer and the baker. And uh, he heard their, we've all read it, he, he heard their stories or their dreams, and he says, okay, this is what's going to happen to you, and this is what's going to happen to you. You'll be set free, and your head's going to go. And so when the cupbearer got free, uh, was about to get free, he told, uh, Joseph said, you know, Remember me? And it was two years later before he got called out of there. I mean, you could be offended. What is wrong with this guy? I told him, gave him the, deal, the secret to things, and he didn't do anything for me. So he kind of he got offended. Um, King David is another one who is an example that, that uh, was offended. Or could have been offended. He was a, could have been offended by his brothers who mocked him. Yeah, you're just you're just a snobby kid out uh, with his sheep. Uh, he could have got well. He could have got offended with uh, King Saul, uh, his uh, father-in-law, for trying to kill him. But he wasn't offended. Uh, he could have got uh, offended with his wife, but he didn't. Okay. Okay, let's go to 
wrapping this up real quickly. The book of Mark. In the book of Mark, chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Um, verse 32 through, through 41, Jesus goes to Mount Olives and, uh, and to Gethsemane, well, Mount Olives, and he, he asked, we're going to go there to pray, Jesus says, and he tells the disciples, uh, I'm going to pray by that tree over there, but you, hear, you stay here and pray. And so he, Jesus is praying, and all of a sudden he looks up, and guess what? Everybody else is... <laughs> Snoring. He goes, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. Uh, you're supposed to pray. Can't you pray with me just a, just a little bit longer? And so they all say, yeah, we'll, we're, we're praying. Anybody ever do that? Promise to pray. And <laughs> Look at that. You're good. So he go, Jesus goes back over there and starts praying. He looks up and there they are again. They're not praying. They're, just, they're laying down on the ground sleeping. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes running back over and says, Hey, pray with me. Wake up now, pray with me. He goes back. They're sleeping again. Three times. Jesus could have, get, could have gotten offended by the, those disciples not praying with him. He said, I, I need some help here. I need your prayers. When you ask me something to do, I do it. I'm just asking you, could you not pray with me one hour? Couldn't you read your Bible this morning for 15 minutes? Couldn't you? He, doesn't, he didn't get offended. Four things we need to avoid. Four things we need to avoid and how to avoid an offense. One, don't nurse the offense. Don't keep on thinking about it. Oh, man, they, they did me wrong. Uh, you know, We need to practice what the Philippians 4 says. So let's go to quickly to Philippians 4. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 tells us, this is what we need to think about instead of um, the, the, the offense. Finally, brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are, are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any things. And praise, think on these things and the offenses. No, he didn't add the offenses. He said, think on good things. Um, oh, boy. Also turn with me to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm trying to wrap this up real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. These offenses that come our way. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high things that exalt itself in the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if we will do that, we will not have any offenses. Casting all things down. Okay. Um, number 2. First thing was don't nurse the offense. Number three, don't curse the offense. 
forgive that individual or forgive the offense. Because if we hold a, hold a grudge against somebody, that grudge will be held against us. If we don't forgive, God doesn't forgive. So we need to learn to forgive, okay? So don't curse it. Bless it. Um, okay. Number three, since we're in that, go back to Philippians chapter three this time. Hurrying. In Philippians chapter three. We don't rehearse it. We don't curse it. We forget it. Philippians 3.13 Brethren, I caught now myself as apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are left behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before us. So, forget about the offense. Go forward into things of God. Amen. God is a miracle worker in our life. And we go back to Mark chapter 11, just to wrap it up. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your father also which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. So forgive the offense. Amen. Anybody need prayer tonight for anything? Leave the offenses. If you're looking for a title, leave the offenses. Or offenses, whatever. So I'll stand. We can...